Listen now for a word from the Lord. As they came near the village to which they were going, he walked ahead as if he were going on. But they urged him strongly, saying, Stay with us, because it's almost evening, and the day is now nearly over. So he went in to stay with them. When he was at the table with them, he took bread, blessed it, and broke it, and gave it to them. Then their eyes were opened, and they recognized him, and he vanished from their sight. They said to each other, Were not our hearts burning within us while he was talking to us on the road, while he was opening the scripture to us? That same hour, they got up and returned to Jerusalem, and they found the eleven and their companions gathered together. They were saying, The Lord has risen indeed, and he has appeared to Simon. Then they told what had happened on the road and how he had been known to them in the breaking of the bread. The Gospel of our Lord. Praise to you, O Christ. I love a good romance story, like something you'd see on the Hallmark Channel. Lately, I've been watching a series on Netflix called Virgin River, and it's got everything I love. Unrevealed secrets, plot twists, and two main characters who I desperately root for to be together. In a recent episode, these not-yet-coupled characters, Jack and Mel, ended up held hostage at a camp outside of town. It was an emotional time, with several moments where they thought they might not make it out alive, enough to shake anyone up. And like a good romance story, when they finally make it out, Jack delivers Mel to the door of her home with tears in her eyes. Finally, allowing her guard down, Mel is vulnerable, taken back by all that has happened in the past 24 hours. And so she asks Jack if he will just keep watch while she falls asleep. She needs that comfort of knowing she's not alone. She wanted his presence for just a bit longer. In our scripture this morning, two disciples have been journeying to Emmaus when a stranger joins them on the journey. He talked with them about the scriptures, about Jesus' death and resurrection, and it's been a holy time for them. They finally reach their destination, and the stranger makes like he's going to go ahead on his way. He wouldn't want to impose on them, and they immediately are like Mel. Don't you want to stay with us? It's getting late. It was an act of hospitality for them. But as Jesus' disciples reeling from his crucifixion, I wonder if there wasn't also some comfort in the presence of this stranger. If they didn't feel like by inviting him to stay, they'd have some peace, some distraction from the turmoil that was going on in the world outside them. And like a good recipient of hospitality and a caring individual, the stranger says yes. The disciples and the stranger sit down around a table and share a meal. After all, they've had a long journey and they could use the nourishment. But what happens in those moments is eye-opening and life-changing 
The stranger, the guest at the meal, does something out of the ordinary. He takes the bread instead of the host. And when he does, he blessed it, broke it, and gave it to them. And that's when it hits them. This is no stranger. This is the resurrected Christ. In those familiar actions, actions that Jesus had taken with the multitude on the hillside, actions made with the disciples gathered around a table in the upper room, their eyes were opened. In this moment of recognition, the resurrected Christ vanishes. Here's what strikes me. They aren't upset that he's gone. No, when they have this moment of recognition, even though he vanishes, they rejoice. Aristotle said, recognition is, as its name indicates, a change from ignorance to knowledge. In that moment of the blessing, breaking and giving of the bread, the disciples moved from ignorance to knowledge. They moved from being blind to having their eyes opened. They moved from a place of restlessness and turmoil to a place of rejoicing and faith. And they got to this place where their eyes were opened, where they knew and understood that they had been blessed by the gift of the resurrected Christ's presence because of a simple request. Stay with us. They asked for the gift of presence and received it abundantly. The King James Version of the Bible translates this phrase a little differently. It says, abide with us. Shannon and the youth were reading from John during youth group recently, where Jesus says, abide in me and I will abide in you. And they were talking about what it meant. You see, abide isn't a word that we use often in today's society. But I love how Shannon helped them understand what it meant. She asked them if they had ever heard the word abode used before. They chimed in that they had, that it was like another word for house or home, a place where someone would stay. The more I thought about this, the more I loved the language of not simply stay with us, but abide with us. Because to make a home with me means that you are here for the long haul not simply for a brief visit. And what a powerful message. In this season of so much turmoil in our country, with sickness and uncertainty, and the path ahead that seems unclear, I find myself wanting to cry out to God to make that same request that the travelers did after their journey to Emmaus. Abide with me. Henry Francis Light was an Anglican priest in Devonshire, England in the mid-1800s. He and his wife, Annie, lived on an elegant estate called Berryhead that was said to be a gift from King William IV. Light loved to wander the estate, 
creating new trails through the tranquil grounds. Berryhead was situated in a picturesque coastal town where Light was inspired to write poems, sermons, and hymns. However, his life wasn't quite as picturesque. It was not all bliss. You see, he struggled physically with a severe lung condition that eventually deteriorated into tuberculosis such that he was no longer able to preach. The story is told that Light wanted one final time in the pulpit to speak to his congregation. On September 5th, 1847, he stepped into the pulpit and proclaimed, I stand here among you today as alive from the dead. If I may hope to impress it upon you, and induce you to prepare for the solemn hour which must come to all by a timely acquaintance with the death of Christ. Devastated from having to end his tenure early, declining in health, Light wanted to share this message with his parishioners. After giving them all he had, He is said to have gone home and dusted off the words to the favorite hymn, Abide With Me. Certainly, he had felt the desire for God to stay a while as he watched the sunsets strolling around Berryhead. But he also longed for God's presence as he felt his life coming to a close and penned the final verse. Hold thou thy cross before my closing eyes. Shine through the gloom and point me to the skies. Heaven's morning breaks and earth's vain shadows flee. In life, in death, O Lord, abide with me. There are two lines in that hymn that speak so powerfully to me in this particular season of life. When other helpers fail and comfort flees, help of the helpless, oh, abide with me. There are so many times right now when I feel helpless, unsure of how to help, knowing that it's right for me to stay home, but feeling desperate to do more. I feel like I'm failing all those around me because I don't know what to do. In this moment, it seems like the perfect time to cry out for God to abide with me. The second verse ends, Change and decay in all around I see. O thou who changest not, abide with me. I'm so grateful that even in the ways that life is changing and our world is changing, God is unchanging. And so I belt out the words to this hymn as a prayer, as a lament, as a cry for help. In life, in death, O Lord, abide with me. These have been words of comfort through the ages for many, including Mahatma Gandhi. It's said that late in his life, Gandhi struggled immensely with loneliness from the burden of trying 
to encourage humanity to come to a place of peace. The more he recognized humanity's unchanging character, the more isolated he felt. It was as if these times were a place of absolute loneliness. And so he turned to the hymn, Abide With Me, as a source of comfort, as a prayer, that even when he felt isolated and alone, he would know that he was not, that God was present with him. Whether you're struggling with loneliness, feeling disheartened by those around you, or simply longing for more time in God's presence. May we make this hymn our prayer, asking for God to abide with us. And when we have experienced it, when we recognize God's abiding presence, I hope that we will respond like the disciples who didn't simply bask in God's presence and keep it to themselves. No, they went out and told others the news. May we be reminded even in this season of isolation, especially in this season of isolation, that Christ is risen, that He meets us where we are, that He comes to us in the ordinary, everyday moments to give us what we need. God comes to us in the beauty of the sunrise, in the laughter of children, in the ebb and flow of ocean waves. May we rejoice and know that God is with us. Hallelujah.